Well, good morning, visionaries. So grateful to be back on the line moderating this Thursday morning. It's Kelly S., uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater Bloomic from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. Today is Thursday, September 5th. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are on page 52, fourth paragraph that starts with the Wright brothers there at the bottom of the page. And we will be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. So today, for the 12 steps, we have Marge E, 12 traditions, Madeline R. The readers of the text today are Allison L, Lauren N, and Anita L. Our newcomer greeter, Elena A, and the second-hour host will be Nadia B. So, our reference numbers for Wednesday, uh, September 4th, Let's see. I wrote these down wrong, but now they're right. <laughs> uh, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 13358, 13358. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time is 13360. 13360. So, OA Preamble. Overeaters is, not, <laughs> Overeaters is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a vision for you, Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Marge E. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Marge. Good morning, Good morning Marge E. from Massachusetts. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to, our, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I have a great day. Thank you for service. I pass. Thank you, Marge. 
Thank you for your service, March. And I will now ask Madeline R. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Madeline. Good morning. Thank you. This is Madeline R., recovered in Pennsylvania. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, prestige, uh, let me try again, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service boards may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities and permission to use these 12 traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous, Anonymous for adaptation granted by AA World Service, Inc., and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Madeline R., for that. All right, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So you to share, you press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, you let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone in order to have a quiet meeting. Everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're resuming our study of the big book, page 52, we're in we agnostics, fourth paragraph, it's there at the end of the page, and it starts with the Wright brothers. We're gonna be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. So I will now ask Allison L. to get us going. Good morning, Allison. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Allison L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. The Wright brothers' almost childish faith that they could build a machine which would fly was the mainspring of their accomplishment. Without that, nothing could have happened. We agnostics and atheists were sticking to the idea that self-sufficiency would solve our problems. When others showed us that God's sufficiency worked with them, 
we began to feel like those who had insisted the rights would never fly. Okay, so the Wright brothers, they're a pretty big deal where I'm from um, here in Dayton, Ohio. There's museums and information about them everywhere. So I have a soft spot for them, and I love this um, talking about how they had this childish faith and how that was the mainspring that uh, moved them into the action of creating flight, proving it could be done. Um, so faith, this complete trust that they had, and in a childish way, meaning they, they relied um, upon they relied upon this trust without having to have it proved um, in the mainspring. You know, it's the principal motivating factor that kept them doing action after action. When they got hurt, when they failed, they just kept going. And it was based on this, this faith. So how does that apply to me uh, as a compulsive overeater? Well, the pages leading up to here, um, leading up to we agnostics, you know, have focused on step one, helping me identify for myself Am I powerless? Do I have this double whammy? Do I have the allergy of the body, the mental obsession combo? And if so, does my experience show that I can beat this by myself? Um, no, it didn't for me. Self-sufficiency self -sufficiency did not solve anything for my food problem. Um, so coming to OA, specifically to this Vision for You meeting, that's a healthy OA meeting, when I heard others share that the God sufficiency, this program worked for them, um, I, I could begin to have faith that, you know, it would also work for me. And then, you know, thinking about uh, the Wright brothers, I wonder, were there people that, you know, out there besides them that had faith that, that yeah, maybe, maybe flight's possible. I think it really could happen. But then they just sat around thinking about it, thinking about how cool it would be to someday fly, maybe even, you know, writing some notes about how it could possibly be done, but then never taking any actions. So they missed out. They didn't get to fly. They didn't get that experience. Um, and so faith is the mainspring that motivates the actions needed. And I had to take my faith that, you know, what I heard in other people could possibly work because I had the same problem. So I tried, you know, entire abstinence and working through the steps because that's what they said worked for them. And I did action after action. And faith alone didn't get me to the state of recovery. It's those actions daily that allow me to not turn to substances um, found in food for ease and comfort. No matter what life's throwing at me, and it's throwing a lot at me right now, the spiritual solution continues to work. God's sufficiency continues um, to work in me so that the promises are true and I don't have to, to live in the bedevilments. I can steer away from them um, through this program, the simple steps and instructions that you've all shared with me. So I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Allison L., for getting us started. Okay, so if you haven't shared in the last day or two, and would like to share on this paragraph that was read. Give me your name and the first initial of your last name. Craig S. Katie G. from Boston. Craig on and M. Katie. On, on M. Kathy K. Anita B. Melissa C. I've heard somebody over Melissa too. Anita B. Anita B. Well, uh, that's six. You guys did that so nicely. We'll just stop there. Here's the lineup I have. Um, Craig F., Katie G., On M., Kathy K., Melissa C., and Anita B. So if you guys will make sure you've uh, muted your phone, press star one. 
and we'll get started with Craig F. followed by Katie G. Good morning, Craig, my fellow Tolson. Good morning, Kelly. This is mm-hmm. Craig F. Re- recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, we have the Oklahoma lineup here. Um, the uh, thing I want to focus on here is this. Uh, it says we agnostic and atheists were sticking to the idea uh, that self-sufficiency would solve their problems. You don't have to be a professed agnostic or atheist to stick to that idea that self-sufficiency would solve my the problems. You know, I I I'm given to the thought that that uh, how many times uh, you, you know I I profess to be a believer in God, but how many times did I think that uh, it was my job to control and handle my life? You know, that God wasn't going to do that for me that it was my job, you know, to not overeat. It was my job to uh, to not get drunk. It was my job to, uh, you know, to do the next right thing because God was watching me, you know. And yet uh, this idea, what, what he's, the assumption behind this idea is that if we believe in God, this, that we're going to allow God to to have control in our lives. We're going to surrender to a power greater than ourselves. And and um, that see that to me that isn't necessarily a given. Um, this self sufficiency um, it, it runs pretty deep in, in a compulsive overeater. It, it runs. I was talking to someone the other night that was having trouble staying abstinent and they said that it offended it hurt their pride their ego when they when they slipped and it occurred to me that uh that was part of the problem that uh their ego was involved they thought it was their job you know uh rather than saying uh you know what i need is surrender sometimes it's easy to think what i need to do is control and and e- even after uh, a, a long period of abstinence, how often ha- have uh, I uh, got to the place where I am proud of my abstinence? I take pride in the fact that I've been able to abstain from food or that I've lost a certain amount of weight. You know, my uh, uh, first sponsor used to ask me how I was doing, and I was losing a lot of weight at the time, and I would say, I lost this much more weight or I've lost already lost 80 pounds or whatever it was. And he would say, there's your vanity. How's your sanity? And it would piss me off, you know, but it was vanity. You see, I, uh, I thought that I was doing it. And, um, if I'm in the right place, if I'm in that place of surrender and acceptance, then there's, then my pride and vanity, isn't a part of it. Uh, I, Time, please. Um, okay, great. The, I'm uh, uh, surrendered to God. That's where I need to be. Without a pass, thank you. Thank you so much for your share, Craig F. Next up is Katie G, followed by on M. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and malim. Like, yeah, like I, I came in here. And I had a lot of problems. Like, I wanted to know, like, how are you going to help me figure out the fact that 
I was all alone in my life. I was in my late 20s. Um, I couldn't have relationships. I didn't have a career. You know, the food needed to be down. I needed to be in a thin body. I had all these demands. And uh, you told me to set aside the life and put my program first. And I don't mean to be um, giving some cheap whatever slogan, um, but I had to move from uh, you know, searching the internet and trying to find my purpose and trying to figure everything out, me, 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 this is what I want, um, to a God sufficiency. And where that started was the willingness to just get abstinent and be honest and go to meetings and show up and, and remember that my life is none of my business. And all I did was know that my life was my business. Like, but they're telling me sufficient, which means essential. I have to switch from self-sufficiency to God-sufficiency. And I cannot do that in step two. I can't. I have to uncover, discover, and discard to surrender. There's no chapter in the big book, KDG, on into thinking, on into figuring it out. And today I sit here this morning and... And I wonder, I'm in a state of awe, a childish faith that like God, for some reason, by, by putting program first, by being honest about the food, by being entirely abstinent, and by snot-nosed, messy crying my way through the steps, somehow I haven't had to figure anything out. God has offered me a life that wasn't even, that the internet, guess what, was not creative enough to find. Right, like he's offered me something that I can't figure out. I am a puny human mind, and the humility of that is incredible. And it doesn't come from just attending a Vision for You meeting. We are a very healthy, wonderful, beautiful OA meeting. But we're not a program. We are studying the book, and unless I have an experience with this book, with someone in whom the problem has been solved, I can't get to God. But let me tell you, like, promise, carrot in front of you, like, today, thank God, when I have a problem, I know I got to do the steps and give it to God. Do the steps and press into God. And how do I do that? Doing the steps and helping others. Doing the steps and helping others. And I just want to promise you, somehow, God continues to do it for me. What a miracle. Thank you so much. And with that, I pass. Good timing, KDG. Okay, so next up is on M followed by Kathy K. Good morning, on. Hi there, this is on M from Ireland. Uh, very grateful for your service and very grateful for vision. I uh, love this paragraph um, and the part where it says, when others showed us that God's sufficiency works with them um, for them. Yeah, love that. That's the hope I need to hear. And that's the hope I hear on vision. I'm so grateful for the meeting. Um, and and for me, I didn't have a clue. I didn't know that uh, I thought recovery was abstinence, um, and the food beat me into a state of unreasonableness. Um, and I I believe I had um, you know a message or a, a white light experience, uh, you know, before recovery to show me that I was at step one. I was powerless and beaten by the food, um, and I was beaten so badly by the food. And that I that I I needed to just you know down tools and surrender to a higher power, um, and I love the, the the idea that you know um, faith is a muscle and it needs to be worked, 
in order to strengthen it. And I hear all that on vision. I hear the experience strength, but most of all, I hear the hope. Um, it's a very profound message, and it's it's so lovely to hear. Um, yeah, and the, and the powerlessness over the food, but also the unmanageability, which I was so unaware of, of my life. Um, and surrendering both of these to a higher power and getting a better life. And I'm so grateful, grateful for the service, grateful for vision, and thanks everybody for uh, for yeah the powerful message I hear here. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you for your share on M. Next up, we have Kathy Kay, followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Kelly. Thanks so much for your service. This is Kathy Kay, recovered in Boston. And, um, you know, I love this story mainly because every time we read it, or I read it, um, I'm reminded of how far I've come um, in my own willingness to believe in a, a higher power. The first time I read this, um, I squarely put myself in the category of agnostic and um, acknowledged that I had been taught self-sufficiency all my life, um, that it was up to me to get the good grades, to find the good job, to find... Um, a place to live, and on and on and on. Um, and I was encouraged to develop my self-sufficiency, that that's what leads us to success in the world. Um, and the idea of God's sufficiency was just so um, foreign to me. Uh, and then reading this and discovering then that some science scientifically oriented people um, had uh, enough faith to try things that other one other people viewed as silly or impossible um, it opened it cracked the door open for me and I am just so grateful that the door keeps opening that today I turn to my higher power as the first thing I do when I'm unclear or confused or fearful. Anything that I'm thinking or experiencing that um, doesn't feel good, the first thing I do today is go to my higher power. And uh, that's really a miracle, and it came about in part from reading this chapter and hearing everybody share on how they discovered um, their agnosticism and then moved beyond it. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kathy Kay, for that. And next up is Melissa C., followed by Anita B. Good morning, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you so much for your service this morning. It's Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, I, I, I know that everybody here, but I really feel like this book is written precisely for me. And it, it's almost ironic. Like when I open up and I'm reading along with you guys, it's like every paragraph can completely apply to what's happening to me today. You know, and it's, and so I'm starting, you know, my, 
today's like the first day I'm a teacher and today's the first day that my my new students will be here. And and I see the word childish, childish faith. And and I can't help but like I have this enthusiasm and excitement. Um and and I think about those children. I think about how the word childish has had such a negative you know, it's a negative descriptor, you know, to describe someone as being childish. And yet here we're told, no, this is a beautiful thing. And and so it just fills me with, like, beautiful optimism this morning because um, there's nothing sadder than, than someone who's jaded, you know, someone who is blocked and has lost that childish faith and sometimes sadly I see it in like little children and it's painful but worse (laughs) was when I had it you know when I thought there was something uncool you know um to be so optimistic and and have faith and yeah this God thing um for me you know I I thought I was just far too intelligent intellectual um you know self-aware self-sufficient to need some sort of hope, you know, and that's what it felt like. But um, I need to have that childish um, posture in all things. That childish faith, um, for me, that's where I invite God in. You know, if something feels heavy and difficult and I keep saying, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, it's because I'm thinking I'm, supposed to be doing something and oftentimes it's uh, yeah I'm supposed to be turning this over and you know and and I love how um you know right off from the beginning the first person spoke about their childish faith followed by action so I I have faith that God you know that a higher power is going to relieve me and then I took some action and 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 followed what other people who had this shared faith did and worked for them and and I did what they did um and and that has continued to work for me you know thank you with that I'll pass thank you Melissa C um next up we'll have Anita B and then we'll be opening it up for shares so get ready so Anita B you're up good morning Anita B here from uh, New Jersey recovering one day at a time um yeah, this paragraph uh, probably going to repeat everything everyone said. Um, you know, the second time I read through it this morning, I got the the hope part of this. You know that they didn't give up either. You know, their childish, um, their childish. Where is it? I faith is what kept them going, right? And so. That's what I have to do today, and I, too, like Melissa, I'm a teacher, and today everything is changing. You know, my lunchtime's so much earlier, and the schedule's changing, and it's really going to be a big change, but that's what this book tells me. I have to change the things that I believe. I have to change the things that I think, you know, and just have the faith that it's been driven by a power greater than me. And that that is the ultimate idea. That is the ultimate way to do it. So um, I'm grateful to be here this morning and hear all the shares that as I start my new year with my new children, I have to start with a clean slate. And I have to tell you, that's not easy to do, just to forget everything I know. 
So, um, you know, I am going to bring God with me and my childish belief of what it was like when I was a child, you know, nothing was impossible, right? So thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Anita B., for your share. So for those who are just joining us or forgot, like I tend to do, we are uh, in the big book, page 52, fourth paragraph at the end of the page there, the Wright brothers, we're reading and commenting on that one paragraph. If you haven't shared in the last day or two, we'd love to hear you. So uh, give me your first name and last first initial of your last name. Lisa B. and Beth W. That's all I heard. And jump. Darian K. Darian K. Darian K. and somebody. Greta L. Wait just a minute. Was it Greta H? Loretta. Loretta. Thank you. Well, that was close. Kind of rhymed. It was great. That was great. Yeah. Whatever. Thank you. Okay. Did I hear a man's voice? Pete B. Okay, got you, Pete. Pete B. Josie N. Josie N. And we're going to stop there there, because that's seven. So I have Lisa B., Beth W., Darian K., Loretta H., uh, Anita L., Pete B., Josie N. And if everybody can just make sure you're muted, star one. We'll get started with Lisa B. followed by Beth W. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and I wanted again, I do this every so often, I just spell my name, L-E-S-A, just in case anyone gets confused. Um, I love it says God's sufficiency worked with them, and that's the value for coming to a meeting that's a healthy O meeting, a healthy OA meeting, where I can hear recovered voices, where it's not just, um, you know, a lot of slogans being thrown around or, uh, you know, don't compulsively eat and just coming back, you know, just keep coming back. Well, abstinence, you know, was my problem. I could never stay abstinent happily. So when it says God's sufficiency worked with them, and, you know, I can't always see and feel my higher power in the present moment, but I can see where my higher power has been. And that's the value today that I have of working with others. Sometimes I'll sit in my AA meetings and I could feel a newcomer. I could feel them sitting right next to me. And honestly, I can feel the power of God, you know, keeping them sober, streaming all around them. I could feel that energy in the room. I feel that on this line in this meeting, even though I don't see you. Last uh, convention that A Vision for You had in New Jersey, I did not have the opportunity to go. But that morning when the convention was starting, I was in prayer and meditation I could feel the energy in my prayer and meditation of all of you there because I'm a part of you. I'm a part of this fellowship. I'm a part of the program. And it's the same when working with sponsees, and I I don't often see them because I don't often see them face-to-face. Sometimes I do have the honor to work with people face-to-face, but often it's on the phone. And I could feel the electricity in their face, you know, in their voice, and I see it working so that's, that's the God sufficiency that I see. I see where it's been. And that's just the amazing part of this fellowship that I felt inspired to share, that that's the value of to keep coming back, to stay, to stay with us, 
do what these first 100 people did. Do what the recovered people that you're hearing, you know, are sharing that they did. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. So uh, next up, we have Beth W. followed by Darian K. Good morning, Beth. Hi, good morning. Thanks for hearing me and taking my call. I'm Beth W. from North Dakota, and I am recovered today and grateful for that. Um, And the word self-sufficiency versus God-sufficiency are the words that um, I I zeroed in on this morning as I was listening to the other shares and and looking over this paragraph. And for me, self-sufficiency... is kind of equated with fear. When I'm in fear, I think I can't rely on anybody but myself. There's nobody in my world. Um, I am all by myself, can't trust anybody, anything, not even God. And when when I'm more spiritually fit, when I've done my prayer and meditation and I'm, I'm connected with the God of my understanding, I don't. I know I don't have to be self-sufficient. I know that um, I can trust those around me, and I can, more importantly, trust the God of my understanding that that um, whatever comes my way today, I'm going to be okay. You know, good, bad, or otherwise, um, it's going to be okay. And I think about um, the Wright brothers, and and there's no way that they could have done what they did without overcoming a whole lot of fear, um, and they couldn't. And, and when I'm in fear, I can't overcome anything. I am stuck and my feet are rooted to the ground and I can't even take a first step anywhere. Um, and, and so when I, when I live in fear, I am, I am not God sufficient at all. I am completely Beth sufficient and, and focused inward completely. So I am grateful to be looking at this paragraph and uh, thinking uh, a different way today and uh today i want to be god sufficient and and that's what i uh that's all i have to share and i'll pass thank you so much beth w next up i have darian k followed by loretta h good morning darian hi there kelly can you hear me okay i can okay great this is um darian k in the berkshires massachusetts recovered for today and so grateful to hear everybody i still get into a plane and wonder how this big, giant, heavy thing (laughs) gets off the ground and into the air. It's just, it still blows me away. And it's been around all my life. Um, And so, yeah, I just, um, I'm so glad that when the book was written that we have these, like, visuals. Because I I really do well with those. And just thinking about how (sighs) impossible it seemed to most people at that time to, to be able to fly like a bird. And so um, I just, I, it's just amazing to me. I for, it was a little different. I relied on everybody else. I was brought up to like meet a, meet a guy and, you know, <laughs> um, you know, just depend on them. And so when it came to self-reliance, I didn't have a whole lot. And then when I really tried, especially with diets and, and weight loss, I flopped. And so I just thought, oh, you know, here's one more thing I can't even do, you know. Um, but, you know, today having program in my life for over 30 years and, and you know, relying on a power greater than myself on a daily basis, you know, just turning it over every day, making that 
that prayer, the bookends of my day, you know, praying and thanking God, um, it just helped me through so much. And hindsight is always 2020, in my opinion. And I look back and think, how the heck did I get through that situation without eating? Or, you know, and it could have been a joyful situation because I ate over everything. Joy, I was never too depressed to eat. Um, it was always, there was always a reason to eat. So, um, you know, I can just look back and see all the amazing things that I've done and been carried, carried along, you know. Um, it's just such a miracle. And I am so grateful that I have that blind face today that I can, um, you know, believe that you believe. I can believe, like I said, in looking back at what I've, you know, what I've, what's happened to me, you know, in these years, and and you know, just that I have today, and that I will, I woke up today, willing to be honest. Thank you, willing to be honest about my food and my life, and willing to be the authentic person that you know God wants me to be. So thank you so much, everybody, for sharing, and I pass. Kelly, are you still there? Kelly, star one, please. Oh, sorry. Okay. Well, here I am. Thank you. Loretta H., you're up. Loretta, press star one. Okay, well, can Kelly? I be heard? Yeah? Yes, thank you. Thank you for calling okay. on me, Kelly. And okay. And this is Loretta H., uh, compulsive overeater, anorexic, grace with God's abstinence for today. And I always share my abstinence is spiritual. I do have a food plan, but that is a tool, and I follow it every day. Um with rigorous honesty and um, the paragraph about the childish and the God sufficiency I've shared. And I think I shared it on the second half. I was in the industry that um, did that for a living. And I was an agnostic for most of my life, even though I did grow up with a religion because God had disappointed me. And when I used to land in cities, I used to get that childish awe. Like, oh, my God, it was, I couldn't, like the last year, how did this plane get me from this country to that country? It just always amazed me. And it must have been that that was God, even though I was a non-believer. For some reason, I believed in that because it got me there safely. And in I didn't understand it. Like, I don't understand God today. And because of this program and because of, um, I read 83 through 88 every morning. And on 87, it always talks about getting God conscious. But before it even says you can do that is you have to follow directions. And I didn't really believe in a God until I really worked the steps. But I found relief and just, you know, working the principles, even though I don't get to see who God wants me to be until step nine, I felt that um, 
awesome change in my behavior because my things are, are my uh, addictions are more behavior oriented than actual um, ingestion of anything. And uh, for today, and it's interesting, the job that I worked for 35 years, the first thought in self-sufficiency was I had to control my weight because at that time there was a weight restriction and I thought that would keep me on the straight and narrow. Well, it didn't. And today, because of God's sufficiency and who he wants me to be and God consciousness once I work the steps, my life is just like that awe when I landed in any city. Oh, my God. And it's just wonderful. So, oh, my God, thank you. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Loretta H. So next up, I have Anita L., followed by Pete B. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia, recovered just for today by the grace of God. Uh, So the childish faith, the Wright brothers' almost childish faith that they could build a machine which would fly was the mainspring of their accomplishment. So what that means to me, uh, the childish faith part, is they felt like they were invincible. They could do anything, and they just knew it. And it didn't matter what other people said. They knew in their hearts that it was possible. And um, I remember my mom saying to me all the time, you live in a dream world. You live in a fantasy world. And, you know, I am a happy person today. (laughs) And I think that maybe part of that is my childish faith that, you know, I could have fun. I could enjoy uh i was a teacher so that kept me young also and i just felt like i could do it except with the weight part that i just always felt like such a failure um however coming to oa and learning that it's a spiritual recovery i remember when i first told my friends not in program that, um, you know, I guess I must have been losing weight at that point. And they asked me how I'm doing it. And so I said, God. And I felt embarrassed about that, but I held fast to my belief because I could see changes in my life. I could see that my self-sufficiency, my way, you know, of of trying to go on diets and blah, 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 just didn't work. And now learning in this 12-step program that if I put my faith and trust in a power greater than me, that all things are possible. And today I'm, I'm living that. I, I not only believe it, I am living and a working example that God can do for me what I could not do for myself. And I am so grateful. And it's only one day at a time. So for today, I surrender. And thank you. I pass. 
Thank you so much, Anita L. Next up, we have Pete B. followed by Josie N. Thanks, Good Kelly. Morning, Pete. <clears throat> Hi. Good morning. Uh, Pete B., compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and uh, had a lot of good things this morning. Thanks for taking the meeting. You know, that right, this Wright Brothers story, you know, it, 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 if you think about it in the, in the context of where we are with the 12-step recovery program, it's a really good story, right? Like, you know, you think about it, you know, you could probably, when, when this was written, it was a current story. You can see that they were, per, they, you know, they persevered. They didn't care what anybody said. It's, it's, it's a really good story, right? And it shows that, so, you know, you, you, have, you have faith in something, you know, that faith will carry you through. You know, and when and when you and when when you look at when you look at some of the wording outside of the context of where we are with step two, becoming willing to believe, you know, you look about these these words, God's sufficiency, right? And and, and you know, we we others showed us that God's sufficiency worked with them, right? Right? Are, are, are we showing? Are, is, is that what we're showing? Right? You know, oftentimes you'll hear it. You say the program and God. Right, the the my sponsor and God, right? Like, really, like God's sufficiency, right? With the, the you know God, the, the dependence upon the power greater than ourselves is not the pinch hitter for my sponsor, right? It's not the secondary, it's not the secondary source I go to when troubled. In every instance in this book, when it talks about. You know, our difficulties, when we talk, it talks about sense stuff, it, it always starts with prayer. It always starts with going to the power, right? But oftentimes, we'll often, you know, we, we, we regularly want to, you know, make the newcomer feel comforted and say, well, don't, if you can't depend on yourself, depend on us, right? Our literature says no human power. Right? This is, you know, the, 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 this, it's not a pragmatic solution to alleviate me from the buildup of, of, of human emotions, right? It's a spiritual program, right, which if practiced as a way of life will expel the obsession to drink and enable the sufferer to live happily and usefully whole. You know, we have to remember that the dependence, the source, the entire object of this thing is to enable us to connect with the power that will sustain us through anything. And, you know, the good news is, is that if you're a believer, if you're already there, well, you know what? Nothing written is going to talk you out of it, right? But if you're not a believer, if you haven't felt it, if you're not completely defeated, nothing that's written or nothing that's said is going to talk you into it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Pete B. Next up, Josie N. Good morning, Thank Josie. You. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you for your service. Uh, Josie N. S. from New York. I am recovering. I am working the steps. I'm on step four. And it is by God's grace that I'm here talking today because I uh, I have six and a half months um, abstinence um, and um I this struck me so much and I want to give hope you know I was in front of my refrigerator my son has chocolate in there and I, there was stuff all over and I was ready I did not care because I trust God when things are okay or not so but yesterday was a day where <coughs> you know 
my head was my enemy and um and as I was standing there knowing God gave me the grace he was telling me you pick that up you know what's going to happen for me it's totally um self destruct i cannot function i'll be a zombie on the couch and what popped up in my brain was the bottom of page 43 that there are, is going to come a time where the only thing between me and that food is god and um and that's not you know that's i have to share it because it helps me remember that you know um God knows. God, sometimes I cannot think straight, and yesterday was one of those days. I have a mental health, um, I have a mental health diagnosis, and um, and then I did call a fellow member and <clears throat> told her uh, that I wanted what I wanted to do. I did not share the God part at that time because um, it was still all new, and. Um, yeah, I'm I'm truly grateful and that's the thing, you know, I saw this little boy at the pool. He was getting a lesson, a swimming lesson from the lifeguard. And he was thrashing all over the place and and panting you know, and the, and the guy's going, "I got you." The lifeguard, "I got you." And that kept came to my mind too. Um you know, I just have to let go, and sometimes I have to be knocked out. When someone's drowning, they have to be knocked out, or they can drown themselves and the person trying to save them. And um, that's when I have to trust that even though everything around me is not making sense, God's got me, you know. Um and and I kept getting things throughout the day, what I need to do next, and... um you know, called another tra- a fellow traveler and, and told her about my resentments. And um, <clears throat> so what I wanted to do was eat and go in bed, you know, just to Time, listen. please. Thank you. But by God's grace, I didn't, and I'm so grateful. Put that out back. Thank you, Josie. And I have time for about two more shares. Uh, if you haven't shared in the last couple of days, who'd like to share? Chuck Kay. Chuck Kay. One more person. This is Gloria Ann in Ohio. Gloria Ann. All right. We got it. All right, Chuck, you're up. Hey, this is Chuck Kay from Georgia, recovered for today. Can you hear me? I can. Hey, what I was thinking of today is whether I like it or not, my life every day is a series of choices. Every day is a series of choices. And I have those two Chucks in my mind, the God-centered Chuck and the self-centered Chuck. The self-centered Chuck leads me to the bedevilments. That's the only place it leads me to. The God-centered Chuck leads me to the promises. So every day, whether I like it or not, I can humble myself like a child and I can accept God's guidance in my life to help me with those hundred of choices I've got to make in a day, or I can let myself rule and let the the Chuck-centered uh, person prevail. That'll lead me to the bedevilments. 
And those are the choices I have. I listened to a podcast, and it mentioned something about I either consciously put myself in God's will or I consciously put myself outside of God's will. The trick is, when I'm putting myself outside of God's will, sometimes that seems natural because that's what I've practiced. And all the choices I've made in my life, when I'm not allowing God to be the ruler of my life, even though I know that life will kill me, even though that life leads me to the bedevilments and can be miserable, it's the only life I've ever been comfortable with because it's the only way I've ever known to deal with what came at me. And I can think, well, I'm not doing it on purpose or I just can't see it, but that doesn't alleviate the fact that that's what's happening. I either consciously choose on a daily basis or sometimes even on a minute-by-minute basis to place myself under the care and direction of God, or I consciously choose to uh, place myself under my own care. There's, There's really no third option. I'm either doing it or I'm not. And I think that's why it's important that this program uh, is something that we have to work every day because whether I like it or not, I'm going to be making choices about the rest of my life every single day. I'm always going to have choices to make. And so I'm thankful that I've got this program, and I'm thankful for everyone on the line uh, allowing me to have such a nice program to visit every morning. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chuck Kay. Next up, Gloria N., you take us out. Yes, this is uh, Gloria N., and I'm relatively new to trying to learn how to uh, uh, be guided to how to work the steps. And I realized, uh, too, that um, what I'm hearing is is the correct way. I know that self-reliance is always going to lead me back into the food and to realize that I do have a choice and I have to make a conscious decision to ask for help until um, until I get the guidance that I need at that moment. Um, I can't rely on myself because I'm going to fail each and every time. So I want to encourage anyone else who's struggling to continue to reach for help until you get it. Um, don't try to fix yourself because you can't. <laughs> so that's all I have to say. Thanks for being there. And that I pass. Well, thank you so much, Gloria. Thanks for jumping in, getting to hear your voice. We appreciate new voices. So uh, we only have like a minute or a half a minute or so, so I guess we'll just go ahead and uh, wrap up. So thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. So the share ID for today, Thursday, September 5th, is 13363, 13363. So we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lauren N. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Kelly. Can you hear me? I can. Great. This book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. 
The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us who, as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.